going on everybody? This is Cody and Brandon with Our Thoughts Exactly, where we will give you our honest opinions on everything going on in sports. What's going on, Brandon? Not too much, man. I'm ready to talk some sports. Let's get into it. Yeah, it's a great time to be starting our podcast, too. we got the NBA playoffs, we got the draft, we got basketball and baseball. A lot of good stuff going on. A lot on. of stuff. I like it. So let's get into the Western Conference playoffs, starting with Houston OKC. All right, man. I've got... Uh, you've got Houston going four and zero this round. I think it's like you got four and one. Four, on that? four and one, man. I think uh, I think OKC is going to steal one. I'm, I'm feeling an OKC stealing one. I, I feel like Russ is going to turn up like he's been turning up, and really will OKC to a win. Man, that fourth quarter meltdown though. I know, man. Four for eighteen is a little rough. Uh, that that's hard to hard to back up. I'll defend him in the one thing that Enos, Enos Cantor, their second, maybe third best scorer on offense, is kind of a defensive. Just he's bad. He's bad defense. <laughs> he's, like, there's no other way to say it. Well, when uh, you uh, catch the head coach uh, mouthing to another coach, can't play Cantor. That that kind of sums yeah. it up right there. Yeah. So <laughs> can't be played. Russ needs to do no. it. But at the same time, when you put up 18 shots and you only make four, that's you can't. that's two, inexcusable. Two assists. 29 more shots than the next best. It's it's hard to justify. Agreed. Um, what do you think about Harden so far? Harden's been tearing it up, man. He's been playing really well, and I mean he's he's just been a beast. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to say it. Good dude's good. Dude's dude, good. dude is good. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Clippers Utah? Clippers Utah, man. I'm thinking four and two. I think the Clips are going to end up winning. Honestly, I think the Clips need to win this series. I mean, that team's getting blown up otherwise. And even if they do win, I think there's a solid chance that that team may get blown up. I mean, I agree four and two. Um, the Clippers have to win. Doc Rivers, he's he's the master. He's doing all the drafting. He's doing. I mean. He's got to win at this point. Um, you know, if he doesn't win, like you said, something's going to happen. Who do you think leaves? Uh, honestly, man, I could see I could see Blake leaving. I could see Blake leaving the Clips. Uh, I could also I could also see uh, Chris Paul potentially leaving the Clips as well. Man, I can't see Chris Paul leaving though. He's he is the team at this point. I get it, but I could see him leaving. They've they've lost too many times in the play. They just can't make it over that hump, and I I. Chris is getting old, man. He's 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 getting old, so I could see him leaving uh, just to get to a winning environment and a winning team. I think it will be Blake, just personally. Um, how do you think he's going to leave, though? That's my thing. Because he's a free agent. Right. Uh, he does still want to play for the Clippers, it kind of seems like. Um, my thing, do you let him just roll? I don't know if I would. Um, I'm thinking maybe, I'm thinking re-sign him, wait till the trade deadline. Trade him to like Washington or something. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I don't think the Clips are gonna let him just leave. I think they'll do everything they can to try to maximize any kind of return that they can get for Blake. Yeah, they're gonna have to because if they let him roll, I mean, you're not getting anything for him. You, who do you have left? You have DeAndre playing defense. He can't do anything else. No. Uh, I mean, yeah, you got you got to get something for him. Um, San Antonio, Memphis. San Antonio sweeping, man. That's that's how I'm feeling. 4-0, San Antonio sweeping this thing. 
I mean, uh, David Fisdale with his big rant the other day, trying to sway the ref. Take that for data. Take that for data. Uh, I <laughs> I don't think that's really gonna. You may see the Grizzlies get a few more calls, but man, San Antonio's just too good. I don't know that it's gonna actually do anything for the calls. Um, they're going home. I can see what he was trying to do. Um, them going home, he's got to try and get something going. Um, my thing is, uh, if nothing else, good for him for the team, though. I mean, he's he's getting everybody pumped up. He's a rookie coach. He's going against Popovich, who, I mean, what else are you going to do? I feel like he has to. Uh, he had to do something. Um, and, yeah, he he uh, he lost a little bit of money, though. A <laughs> little bit. Lost a little bit of money. Yeah, what, 30, 30K? It's, that's a lot of money. Um, and to a rookie coach, he can't have made enough yet for that not to be a lot <laughs> right. of money. I mean, he had to have, he had to feel that, but um, but good for him though. I mean, just speaking out. Yeah, I mean, he he's standing up for his team. He's standing up for his players. He felt that his players should have gotten a few more calls that they didn't, which I can definitely see where he's coming from. I mean, his team attacked a lot more in the paint than the Spurs did, but yet the you know fouls weren't there. They didn't get the calls. Yeah, and I'll say, uh, those of us in the media, I would say um, thank you to Fizdale because everybody else is so cliche. Popovich doesn't say a word. Uh, it's just, it's fun for somebody to finally say what they actually mean. You know, a lot of people are thinking that, right. but uh, they don't want to drop that 30K. Um, so good for him. We appreciate you, Fizdale. Absolutely. Um, so Chuck and Shaq were talking about uh, best players in the world. Um, said, uh, you know, Kawhi's getting close, you know, and to me, even though he's close, uh, he's not really close, um, but he's the closest, probably. Um, Reggie Miller, you know. Oh, our, our buddy Reggie. Our buddy Reg. He, uh, he went one step further. Oh, no. He told us that um, Kawhi is probably already the best. Um, you know, obviously... Making a, taking a shot at uh, at the king, LeBron James. Um, you know, Reggie Miller has been kind of a LeBron hater for a long time. Um, a couple years ago, he said he would rather take Larry Bird over LeBron. Uh, you know, I grew up, uh, my father, huge Celtics fan. Um, you know, Larry Bird was, was, was the dude. Pretty much a god. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is nowhere near LeBron James. Absolutely not. Uh, and, if, and if you think that he is, you're a little bit crazy. Yeah, you can't. You just <laughs> can't. The stats. Larry you know, Bird does not think he's as good back as LeBron. Up LeBron any day. No way. No way. So I was. Uh, I dove a little deeper into this. Uh, I took. I took some stats down. Um, some simple stats. You know, the 2016-17 stats uh, for the regular season. Kawhi had a good season. 25.5 points a game. Uh, five and a half, five point eight rebounds, eighty eight percent from uh, free throw. Um, he was shooting thirty eight from three, forty eight from the floor. That's great, a good season. Great stats. That's great. Yeah. But what do we got for LeBron? LeBron twenty six point four per game. Uh, it's almost a point more per game. Uh, he's eight point six rebounds, so close to three rebounds more a game. Um, he's uh, free throws are rough. Let's be honest. Yeah, LeBron's never been that great of a free throw. Sixty-seven percent. Um, just yeah, not good for for an All Star. Yeah, but uh, he's got thirty-six um, percent from three, his best of his career. Yeah, um, which is barely below Kawhi, 
Um, and then from the floor, 54%. He's making more than half of his shots put up. And, you know, for uh, a bench player, you know, that's good. You know, he's, LeBron's averaging 37.8 minutes a game wow. at the age of 32 years old. That's crazy. He's making more than half of his shots. I, I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's I don't that's know just crazy. You. That's uh, crazy. You, know, you, you don't see of, any other player no. in the league playing the minutes that LeBron's playing, putting up the kind of stats that LeBron's putting up. No, and no, for Reggie, just... for Reggie to even think that Kawhi is better than LeBron, all around the best player in the league, whatever. That's just absurd. It makes no sense. Uh, you know, we'll get into the the resting aspect a little later, but um, just the fact that he's averaging thirty seven point eight minutes a game at the age of 32 years old yeah uh that's close to the most he's ever averaged yeah um you know i of course he's gonna rest what else are you gonna say about it um they will i will say Kawhi, a great two-way player lebron's losing a step a little i mean he's 32 he's not of the lockdown he used to be um but let's let's uh let's look a little farther here they you know they're saying he's probably the best there reggie miller saying he's probably the best uh, sure. In the world, he's probably the only person in this world that thinks that, but that's okay. <laughs> Kawhi, a good, g- great defender, 1.8 steals a game, uh, and 0.07 blocks a game. Which doesn't sound like a lot if you know a lot about basketball. That's actually really good. Really good. 82 games, it's hard to get a block a game. LeBron's 0. 0.6 blocks a game, so clearly far more. Yeah. Um, and barely under 1.2 steals a game. So. LeBron has lost his step, 32 years old, not, not not lost by a lot, but he's lost a little bit, averaging 37 points a game or 37 minutes a game against Kawhi, who's 25 years old, averaging 33 minutes a game, and kind of better defensive stats, not really that much better. No. So you're trying to tell me that he is probably surpassed the King as the best player in the world? I don't buy it. I I mean the stats are right there. I. Anyone can look at those stats and see LeBron's the better player. Reggie, just just he, knock it off, man. He might not even be the best two-way player yet, and most <laughs> right. people say he is. Everybody's just used to LeBron being good. Right. Uh, Kawhi's only been good for three years. So, yeah, Kawhi's probably... that's It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And, yeah, I mean, sure, Kawhi... Yeah, he's made a huge jump. He's made huge strides since his rookie season. Uh, and pretty much every year that he's been with the Spurs. Um, but LeBron is just, he's still the best. He's still the best player. And for Reggie to say that, it just blows my mind. And you know, uh, to add to it, secretly, uh, not even secretly, you know, it's its out there, but quietly, I guess. You know what LeBron's doing this year? The first player to ever average more than 25 points, more than eight assists, more than eight rebounds an entire season. That's amazing. First time ever. But guess what? It's LeBron James. Nobody's talking about it. Because it's LeBron James. We're used to it's LeBron quite... James being amazing and yeah. great and doing all these awesome things. It's not quite that triple-double. Oh, it's um, not the triple-double. And so no one cares. <laughs> and keep in mind, no one really cared about triple-doubles at all until this year anyway. Exactly. They were cool, but it was never the parameter of you being good until this year. Well, um, it's funny. This year you even have uh, announcers that are kind of making fun of the triple-double. There were there were multiple games. Because it doesn't matter. Where, oh, the, the guy's trying to pad his stats. Oh, he's trying to get to that triple-double so he can validate that he had a fantastic game. Right. 
That's that's all it is. It's just stat stuffing in the regular rebounds season. Rebounds are great. Rebounds are great because you need because you know you need the possessions. But you're trying to tell me that a guard rebounding, even a forward like LeBron rebounding, is more important than his assists? Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No. Every assist you ever make, ever, just mathematically, and I'm not great at math, <laughs> but mathematically, it has to equal at minimum two points. Yeah. Tell me how many points a rebound equals. Zero. Last I checked. It might might get there. Potential. It might not. A rebound or a rebound. An assist is no matter what minimum two points. LeBron is one of the best passers in the world. Yeah. Kawhi's averaging three and a half assists a game. To what? LeBron's LeBron's eight eight point six. Sheesh. Yeah. No. No. It just no contest. Make any sense. No contest. Not to mention uh, LeBron. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, LeBron did just pass Kobe at third for points in the playoffs. I did hear this. You did hear it. And so, he's fairly close, from what I uh, understand, to passing Kareem and then Michael Jordan, most likely in these playoffs. Right. 345 points short of MJ for the most ever. MJ can't score any more points, so clearly that line is staying where it's at. LeBron's the only one anywhere near it. We got Kareem and MJ. He's going to pass him. Absolutely. If he doesn't pass him this year, you trying to tell me he's going to retire after this year? Don't think so. No, he's got another four or five years in him. No. He is going to be the best ever in the playoffs. He's going to be the best ever in the world. You can think MJ, that's fine. You know, that that argument's always going to go on. Uh, Kawhi may be the best player in the world at some point. He may. Potential. He's got another five, six years till he gets there. Yep. He's got to wait till LeBron's done. All right. Moving on, what do we got? Let's keep her going. Uh, let's go uh, Golden State, Portland. What do you got going on? Uh, we've got Golden State sweeping 4 0. I, I just, even, with, even with KD out with his hamstring, knee, whatever, uh, yeah, Golden State's going to sweep. I mean, they're just too good. Yeah, uh, Golden State's good. They just are. They've got four All Stars in their starting lineup. No other team has that. Um, they have the, in, uh, you know the best defensive player in, in the world, and like we've talked about before, um, not a huge fan of Draymond. No, just not. Um, and it goes deep. I was never a fan of him when he played for Michigan State. Um, it's not like I'm just a bandwagon hater like everybody <laughs> else is. I just I just don't like the dude. With that being said, dude's a dog. He plays defense harder than anybody else I know. Um, he rebounds well for as short as he is. I think he's, what, 6'9"? Yeah. Uh, as a power forward, short power that forward. Is, that's rough. He's undersized. Um, and he's, uh, he's you know, rebounds fine. Um, offense is a little rough, rougher than it was last year. Not really hitting the three like he was. But who cares? You have three other dudes that can just destroy the three-point line. You don't need to. He wants to. You don't need to. All you need is those rebounds and that lockdown D. That's all that matters. And that's what he's got going for him. KD, man, do you think that was worth it? I I don't know. I, I think the the jury's still out on that one, but Golden State's got to be thinking a little bit, was it worth blowing up our entire bench? I mean, what, their whole mantra last year was strength in numbers. Sports Illustrated, Mr. Unreliable. And, and now they, they bring in KD, completely blow up the bench. My question for them is as they get deeper into the playoffs – are they going to run into some issues with guys getting tired, uh, guys not being able to contribute from the bench? Is that going to come back and bite them? And a lot of that stemmed from 
the the whole KD uh, coming to the Warriors. You know, it did. Um, the only thing going for him at all is that uh, their whole starting lineup is young, real young. KD's the oldest. Uh, right. So, you know, that helps a lot. Um, but that being said, at some point, yeah, they're going to get tired. Um, you know, if if the if the uh, starting lineup if something's not working, uh, who else do they go to? Uh, now, granted, they have four guys that can that can tear it up, but if two of those guys aren't working, I, who who do you have? You don't have yeah. anybody. Everybody else has three. You have four. If two of your guys are off, how are you beating the Cavs when the Cavs got three? Exactly. And the Cavs got three that show up every day. And I think that's going to be a storyline we'll have to follow throughout these playoffs to see how the Warriors. Kind of, I mean, obviously Portland, it's a pretty easy opponent first round. Damian Lillard's all they got. I mean, yeah, so there's not much, but next round in the rounds following, if they get there, it's going to be interesting to to follow. It really will be. Um, Golden State, uh, to, to most everybody at this point, because the Cavs are, are, aren't playing their best, um, most everybody feels Golden State is the far and away best to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, KD just went out again um, with, uh, what was it, a calf? I think it was the calf on the, on the same leg that he was having issues with earlier. Yeah, in the it year. seems like he was um, uh, he was overdoing it with that one leg. Um, and, you know, um, as I called him Mr. Unreliable a couple years ago because he's, he's hurt all the time. Um, yeah. You know, not to go back to LeBron again, but when's the last time LeBron's been hurt? It's true. He just, he, he isn't. Uh, so you know you're gonna spend that much money, and um, just like you said, destroy your entire uh, second team uh, for someone who doesn't play that much. Uh, you know, uh, he he plays. Re- I mean, he's one of the second best player in the world probably when he's playing, yeah. but he's not always playing, and that's the that's, that's the problem. That is the problem. Um, so yeah, just to recap with the West. Um, I've got Houston going four and zero. Um, I think Houston's three-point game, it just, it just, it's just math. Again, not great at math. OKC's <laughs> two to Houston's three, just that means Houston wins. Makes sense. Um, I've, I've got Houston uh, still winning, but I think OKC is going to steal one. I think it's going to go four-one. Uh, they might, they might though. Uh, Clipper, Houston, uh, Clippers, uh, Utah. I've got four-two uh, going to Game Six. Clippers are good, but when they're bad, they're bad. Uh, yeah, the, that's the only thing with the Clippers. When they're good, they're really good. Bad, really bad. So, but you're still going Clippers four two or Clippers you... going four two. Okay. And yeah, I've, I, I've I also got Clips going four two. Yeah, I think they'll end up uh, pulling this series out. I mean, they kind of have to, or else that team's in serious, serious trouble. But Blake's out of here. That's happening. <laughs> uh, San Antonio, Memphis. We both got four nothing. San I mean, Antonio's winning this series. Yeah, four zero. The Spurs are good. They're, they're gonna sweep it. Memphis is. Uh, uh, they've got a mixture of real old guys and just young guys that aren't there yet. Um, You've also got Fizdale's the rookie, rookie rookie head coach. Yeah. San Antonio wins. Uh, Golden State Portland again four nothing for both of us. Yeah. Uh, four stars. That's yeah, just all you that's, get. That's all you get. Uh, East Coast. Let's go Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Boston, um, Chicago. Boston down. Boston's two nothing. Man, that's that's yeah. a little scary. First seed. I mean, that's a pretty. I mean, is Boston 
the worst first seed ever. Boston's got to be the worst first seed ever. Uh, I was I was looking farther into. I was trying to think back of a team that was probably that could be worse. Um, I was thinking maybe the Detroit teams that uh, you know, but not. But I mean, they still had three great players on their team. Uh, Chauncey Billups uh, was never a fan of him either, but. He was just a leader. Was a great leader, um, great player. He was just a great player. Um, ben Wallace was in his prime. Uh, that team was good. You know, there's not a lot of teams that you can go for. Maybe the Rick Barry uh, Oklahoma City, uh, right? I guess it wasn't Oklahoma City, but the, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, uh, them at the time. They, um, you know, but they got to, they got, they made it to the finals. Right. So no, yeah, I, I think the, the Celtics. Worst. They have to be the worst first seed of all time. I mean, they're just. Terrible, and I and I think a lot of that boils down to them kind of overachieving uh, during the regular season. I mean, they were always very gritty, played hard during the regular season, and that's great for the regular season. But as you know, playing hard doesn't always get you uh, wins come playoff time. It doesn't. You still have to play hard. But um, I was thinking about it, and this uh, led to my point of... The regular season and the reason LeBron and some of the other players don't care about the regular season, they've never been vocal about it until this year, um, which kind of sucks a little, but um, we've all known it, just no one has said it, and LeBron said it this year. Um, but I would say the regular season is about playing hard because, like LeBron, not everybody does play hard in the regular season. They're saving for the playoffs. They know the victory is all that matters, uh, that championship. Um, so they don't really play that hard. So a team that does play hard, a la Boston, a la Atlanta, um, that does play hard, does play gritty, you know, they're they're gonna win. They're gonna win a lot of games. Postseason, however, it's about talent. Yeah. Uh, the postseason is if you're good, you're gonna win. I mean, that's just all it is. Um, you know, LeBron turns it on every year for the playoffs. Um, clearly, with Chicago, D Wade's old. D Wade's knees are like 80 years old at this point. Uh, he's 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 rough, but you got him. You've got um, you've got Rondo, Rondo playing well, playing like old Celtics old ball. Rondo, Rondo, uh, he's playing great. You've got Jimmy Butler, who's obviously playing fantastic these right. playoffs. You've got a bunch of B guys playing as A guys right now. The Celtics got a bunch of B guys playing as C guys. Uh, you know, playing hard is only going to get you so far. Exactly. Um, at that point, I mean, yeah, talent's all that matters. Talent trumps, and unfortunately for Boston, they had a chance to get some talent uh, come trade deadline time. They did. And they passed on it. They did. Uh, they had a chance to to get Jimmy Butler, and it didn't pan out because they wanted to keep their uh, draft picks and keep Jay Crowder. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, well... Uh, Jay Crowder, the whole reason they kept him is because they're scared of LeBron. Let's be honest here. Um, everybody in the East has a beefy small forward. They just do because they have to defend LeBron. Um, so you can't have uh, somebody um, like, I couldn't even, you know, Lance Stevenson. He, you know, he's on the, the Pacers here, but he used to play small forward a little bit. He can't play, he can't defend LeBron. He uh, basically, they. Kepler Crowder, because of that, um, they had a chance for Paul George. They decided not to. Um, earlier in the season, I was thinking that, yeah, they shouldn't have. Paul George, he just hits in his head at this point. He's not that good anymore. 
Um, he's playing like a dog right now. Uh, yeah, he's, he's doing well. Um, he is not quite the clutch, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, like you were saying, uh, Boston had their chances. They decided that they'd rather go to the draft and stockpile their draft picks. Um, they're going to have a top, what, three? Well, yeah, they've, um, they've got the highest chance currently to get the number one pick. They do. Which is great, but you're also throwing a lot of eggs into a kind of an unknown basket. A lot and, of these players coming out, you don't know if they're going to be an all-star. They may be a bust. Right, and my thing is the the player that, uh, that everybody's looking at uh, coming out of the draft is Lonzo Ball. Uh, can you draft Lonzo Ball when your best player is a five nine point guard? Uh, it's not like it's not like Isaiah Thomas can play shooting guard. He's too small. Well, and they just drafted Marcus Smart what a year or two ago. I mean, and Marcus Smart doesn't even play point guard anymore. <laughs> right. I, I mean, so you can't keep loading up on point guards. What you you eventually have to do something and and get some sort of stars. Uh, it you know and. In my opinion, what I've been thinking of is, um, I think it's just arrogance at this point. Um, they they think we're the Celtics. People are going to want to come here. Um, we're going to win. That's what we do. Um, Eleven championships. You know, that's we're going to be right. fine. Um, they're what three, four, five years into this rebuild now. Yeah. Uh, since the big three left, um, their best player is a five nine point guard. Um, Jay Crowder is a C player that plays. B to A defense. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, your whole uh, backcourt is old at this point. Absolutely. Um, they're good, but they're old. Um, you, they're, they're as far away from being close enough as they can be and still be a one seed. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just they're nowhere near where they need to be. So, um, what do you think is going to happen in that series? Uh, I think uh, Chicago's got them 4-2. Uh, Boston's down 2 nothing right now. Isaiah Thomas is real good. He He's is. Real He's good. really come um, on this year. I think uh, they're going to sneak two in um, just because D-Wade's old. He's going to be tired. He's He can't play his old A self every game um, at this point. So I think uh, Boston's going to get two of them. Chicago's got Four two though. Okay, I've got it at four one. I think Boston will steal one of them, but uh, ultimately, I think uh, Chicago is going to end up winning this one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bucks Raptors. What are you thinking? Bucks Raptors. Um, I am thinking four one. I think the Raps are going to win. I uh, just think the Bucks are still a little too young. Uh, I mean, they they're heavily reliant on Giannis right now, which I mean, granted, the guy's great. He's a fantastic he's a the Greek freak the Greek freak he's he's killing it this year and um I mean he's the pretty much that team he is the team and if, unfortunately I don't know if that's enough to to make it in playoff it's basketball not, it's not um if he could shoot three if he could learn the three he can shoot it okay if he could learn the three he would be unstoppable absolutely um he is probably the longest freakiest dude in the NBA, I mean, he is skinny, but he is just long and just good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, when uh, when the guy can take like two, three dribbles and get the entire length of the floor, 
that's pretty impressive. No one else in the league is called a freak. I mean, very true. He, he's just he is the Greek freak. Lowry, what are you thinking? Lowry, he had a rough uh, game one, came back in game two, played really well. I mean, for Toronto to win this series, uh, they have to have their stars. They've got to have Lowry. They've got to have DeRozan playing well. If one of them happens to not play well, they're in trouble. I mean, that's the only scenario where I see Toronto being in real danger if their stars aren't playing. I think they need, they do live and die by Lowry. Um, the reason for that is, again, mathematics. Um, most of the team is great from 15 and in. Um, DeRozan is one of the best mid-range guys in the game. He's a high flyer. Um, he's great, but he can't hit a three. I mean, he, yeah. he, he's got a couple of them, but when he's contested, he's missing every time. Um, so against the Bucks, who don't shoot three well, um, one of the worst in the league, actually. Um, yeah, they'll be fine. Um, but when it gets deeper, when you start playing the Washingtons, you start playing the Cleveland, the twos don't work. You, you, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work out. Um, and let's be honest, I think they're scared of LeBron. They're scared of the Cavs. Um, yeah. They might even be scared of the Pacers um, <laughs> just because they're, uh, they're not big enough to win. Yeah. They're not. Atlanta-Washington. Atlanta, Washington. I've got uh, Washington. I think they're going to sweep. I think Washington is playing some really good basketball right now. Um, honestly, I think it comes down to to vets versus kind of guys that are new to the playoffs. Atlanta's got two starting uh, their backcourt completely new to the playoffs, uh, whereas Washington... Wall's kind of growing up this series uh, in this these playoffs. Wall's grown. And he's playing like a beast right now. He is. Uh, Wall's real good. Um, he's always been good. Uh, he just was never never grown enough to, to, to realize he needs to pass the ball, to realize that, um, you know, I'm the best in the world. I'm going to make this shot. Um, those circus layups he's always throwing down. And he made a lot of them, lot which of is them. crazy. <laughs> Uh, but he can't make all of them, um, and he knows that now. And I think I've, he's passing better this year than he ever has before. Um, he's relying on his teammates. Um, he's actually shooting really well um, compared to the last uh, however many seasons he's played so far. I'm, I'm a John Wall fan, I think, at this point. I was always off of him, um, you know, coming out of Kentucky. Yeah. I was never a huge fan because he, that's all he did was just shoot, 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 uh, you know, if the first shot wasn't available, he's going to look for a second. Um, he would fake the pass, and then his third option is shoot again. Um, <laughs> you know, he's but he's he's not like that anymore, and I I like that a lot. Um, I have Atlanta. Uh, I have Atlanta sneaking one in. Okay. Um, I got Washington four one. Um, I'm not going to lie. It makes me a little nervous that I'm relying on Dwight Howard um, <laughs> because, like you said, the team is young. Um, I'm relying on them hitting the threes that they do often, but because they're so young, they miss them too. Dwight Howard has the potential of being an A player. He's probably closer to a C at this point. Um, B minus, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but he has the potential to do well. I'm, I'm a little nervous about that one. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I am. I'm a little nervous about that one. And then finally, the big dog. We've got the Cavs versus Indiana series. Right. Let's be honest. Um, there's two 
maybe three matchups in this series in this uh, first round that we really care about. Yeah, couldn't care less about a lot of them. Um, the Cavs and Indy is is probably the most interesting. the The whole resting thing uh, has been going on for for years now. Um, but all of a sudden this year it's a huge deal. Um, why? Because LeBron's doing it. Exactly. Um, what What do you think about uh, What do you think about the the resting? I honestly I don't see any issues with it. Um, if coaches players want to rest, give them a rest. Most of these guys are getting ready for the playoffs anyway. I, I think with without resting. The playoffs are going to be terrible. You'll just see a bunch of guys that are just worn out from the regular season. They're just tired. And they're tired. You, I guarantee you'd see more injuries in the playoffs. And I honestly, I don't see what the big fuss is over resting. It's a necessity at this point. Um, you know, we're at that awkward stage where all the All-Stars are older at this point. Yeah. Um, you've got a couple of the younger guys that are going hard, but most of them are... Late 20s, early 30s, which isn't that old, but when you're in sports, you're doing the same repetition since you were three. Your legs are tired, your yeah. knees are buckling, your back's old. Um, let's just put it this way. The, the, the Cavs, LeBron's 32 years old. Kyle Korver's 36 years old. J.R. Smith's 31. Uh, Richard Jefferson's 36. Channing Fry's 33. Uh, D. Will, new guy's 32. James Jones doesn't play a lot anymore, but he's 36. It's a lot of age on one team. That's a lot of age. And granted, the Cavs did it themselves. That's what they. That's what they wanted. But um, you can't. You, you you can't hate on them for for sitting. And LeBron only sat six games this year, and it's just he just. He did pick the to you know the the TV big, games big matchups yeah and that's but, I think where you get a lot of the fuss because he picked those big marquee matchups people are making a fuss about it oh I bought tickets I wanted to see LeBron right well, too bad LeBron's my, resting my my defense to that is though when are the Cavs not on TV yeah they're the best the team in the league arguably second best whatever you want to say they are they're on TV every game when's he supposed to sit. People are saying, yeah, sit a Tuesday against Milwaukee. That's fine. They're still on TV because they're the Cavs. Right. So they're going to be a TV game no matter what. People are also arguing, you know, what about the uh, the teams or what about the players' um, away games? Uh, so, you know, the Cavs go to L.A. Um, a, a, a young kid wants to see LeBron play, so he buys tickets. LeBron sets that game. Okay. I get it. A lot of people are arguing, though, well, instead of just sitting all together, why don't you rest by uh, only playing a few minutes? My argument to that is, if you go to a game and you're a kid, LeBron doesn't show up. That sucks a lot. You go to a game and you're a kid, LeBron plays for two minutes. Uh, LeBron, uh, he, he takes the tip, um, he plays one, uh, one trip down, and he goes sits down. Out the rest of the game. How do you feel then? But he played. He played, but guess what? Still sucks. It still sucks. So there's no winning. Um, right. They're saying, you know, is worried about their stats. Forget about that. It's not, there's no point in playing those two minutes. If you're going to rest, why do you go through the warm-ups? Why are you doing You don't have to do all that. Exactly. Sit, the da- sit down six, seven games a year. That's all, he, that's all he's sitting. It's not like he's sitting half the year. Or sitting out 
multiple games in a row. Yeah, no. six, seven games. I, I see it's usually no, the back-to-backs. No problem at all with it. No. Uh, Cavs, uh, their fourth quarter meltdowns are getting a little unnerving at this point. Yeah. Um, people are kind of worried about their poor play. What are you thinking? Uh, you know, it is, it is unnerving. And uh, I found it interesting that uh, Tyron Liu came out and said, oh, yeah, our, uh, our fourth quarter collapses. It's due to our offense. Most people would say uh, the Cavs and their defensive woes would be the real culprit. But according to Lou, uh, it sounds like it's their offense. They're spending too much energy on offense. So when they get to the fourth quarter, they're a little worn down, kind of going back to our age issue. Right. Um, My thing is, uh, I don't think they're playing bad. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't think they're playing bad at all. They're playing exactly like who they are. Yeah. Um, they are playing great for who they are, actually. Um, they constructed this team around shooters. They did. Yeah. Because LeBron needs shooters, he can do the rest. That's kind of what they're thinking. Exactly. Um, the team is based on just great shooters, smart passers, um, heady, mature players, um, great spacing, and it works. On offense, it, does. it really works. With that being said, I named you all the ages. Uh, I told you who they brought in and why. Um, you know what that all equals? Old legs. Exactly. That's what that equals. They're all old defenders. Um, and that's fine if you're looking for offense, uh, but there is no help defense. There is no uh, fast break defense. Um, they just can't keep up. Uh, the legs are tired. Um, it's working so far. They've... Uh, their their uh, their road uh, twenty twenty one for twenty and twenty one and twenty three. That's kind of rough. A little uh, rough. That's a little unnerving. Um, but uh, the twenty the twenty second in uh, defensive efficiency this year. Offense they're doing fine. Um, so yeah, I, I disagree a little bit on the offense being the problem. Um, but. I don't think they're playing bad. I think they're playing like they, who they are. Yeah, and and I agree with that. And and I'm not saying that the Cavs are defensive juggernauts in any sense. That would be absurd, uh, because like you said, they're what 22nd, 22nd defensive? defensive efficiency. Yeah. So I mean, their defense is definitely a problem. It'll be really interesting to see uh, if LeBron, if Kyrie, if Kevin Love, if a lot of those guys can kind of make that jump, flip the switch, as they say, and kind of get to that next level defensively where they are helping on switches. Whether it's going to happen, I don't know, because like you said, the age is the age definitely a factor. Um, and the reason I'm not real worried uh, about what's going to happen for them, uh, and the reason they're probably, I don't think they're worried either, uh, I think LeBron might be secretly worried um, just because he's smart enough to know what's happening. Um, but LeBron can hit the switch anytime. Anytime he wants LeBron to. LeBron can hit the switch, and he will hit the switch. Um, he was going to coast a little bit through this round, still turn it up the next the next two, three rounds. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I'm afraid that he's getting, uh, uh, the rest of the team is getting compliant um, in, in the fact that um, they are watching what LeBron's doing and also doing that um, and the fact that they're kind of coasting. LeBron can kick it on, no problem. You got some older guys, D. Will, Channing Frye, um, Kyle Korver, uh, Richard Jefferson. 
they've been around long enough to where they can hit that switch too. They're yeah. just they're they're along for the ride of LeBron. They they do their job, which is basically shoot. Yeah. Um, they do their job, um, but the younger guys and um, some of the other older guys that have never been around winning until now, and that's why they're here. My my fear is that they are gonna stay lazy. Everybody else is gonna turn it on, um, but they're gonna hold them back. Well, and for the Cavs to do well, they have to have everybody all in, ready to go, ready to shoot the shot, ready to switch, ready to play team defense. And if you've got even one guy on the floor that's not ready to do that, that's going to be tough for them. It's it's definitely going to be tough. So what do you think uh what do you think the outcome of this series is going to be? Uh you know, I think um Cavs are still uh the Cavs are fine. Um they're going to go up uh 4-2 I think is what they're going to finalize. The Pacers are good enough. Um I think they're going to be able to sneak two in. Um, the only pro- only player in the East, in my opinion, that's not scared of LeBron is Lance Stevenson, and that's because he's a little crazy, um, maybe even a lot crazy, um, <laughs> but that works for him. Um, I think he is going to have a couple couple good games. Um, he's going to get in some trouble. Um, he's going to uh, liven the teams up. He might even piss the Cavs off enough to where um, you know he'll get in their heads a little bit. You can't really get in LeBron's head. Can't really get in Kyrie's head. Um, but he could uh, he could start some fights. He could he he could get there. Paul George, uh, kind of a LeBron wannabe, um, but he's good enough. Um, he's finally starting to play uh, play probably great again uh, since he broke his leg. Um, he's uh, not quite clutch, um, if you could say. Yeah, look um, at those uh, last last twenty second stats. Yeah, uh, zero for fifteen last twenty seconds of the game uh, for his career. Um, that's kind of rough. Um, he the last time uh, before the playoffs, he missed a couple clutch free throws. Um, yeah, you know. So uh, I think LeBron is in Paul George's head enough to where Lance Stevenson is going to be the glue, um, but it's not going to be enough. They're going to take it to six, but it's not going to be enough. See, uh, I, I think Cavs are going to take it in five. I think it's going to be 4-1. I could see Indiana stealing one uh, at home, but Cavs are going to turn it on, and uh, they'll be just fine. And I think they're they're still the odds-on favorite to be the, the, the guys out of the East. They are. So um, to, yep. to recap uh, the East... We've got Boston, Chicago. You, you, I've got it at four one. You've got it at four two. Yep, yep. Chicago's just too good uh, for Boston's um, Boston's talent level. Agreed. Uh, Bucks, Raps. You've got it four two, and I've got it four one. We're both saying Raps are going to take that one. Raptors are good. Uh, the Bucks aren't bad. They're one man show. Um, Raptors are good enough. I don't see them going any farther, but they're yeah. good enough to get through this one. Then Atlanta, Washington. Uh, you've got it at four one. I've got it. Uh, Washington sweep at four zero. Yeah, still a little nervous. Uh, this is the, the most nerve wracking out of all of them. Um, Washington's good. Uh, John Wall is uh, finally starting to uh, grow up and turn it on. Atlanta's too young. And then finally, Cavs. 
Indiana. Uh, you've got it at 4-2 Cavs. I've got it 4-1 Cavs. Yep, uh, Indiana's uh, decent. Uh, they're big. Um, Lance Stevenson's just crazy enough, but not, not good enough. <laughs> Perfect. Well, why don't we head on over to the NFL, and I think we've got the NFL draft coming up soon. Uh, the NFL draft's coming up. Um, the Browns, uh, Browns have number one pick this year. Um, surprise. Uh, they, they, uh, they've been making people nervous. Um, other, uh, other players, other coaches, other GMs uh, have expressed uh, fear, I guess. <laughs> for the Browns, um, they, of course, you want to beat every team you can, um, but you also want it to be, um, you want it to be competitive. Um, and a lot of GMs, I feel like, want to help at this point. Um, <laughs> they kind of feel sorry for the Browns. They do. <laughs> um, the Browns haven't made the best of choices uh, here recently. I think they have. Uh, uh, they have uh, only one option uh, for this draft, um, so they will make a good choice. Um, you are going to kind of dive in for us um, about the Cleveland history uh, in a little bit to kind of go through what they have uh, what they have done in the draft here recently. But let's talk about uh, just that number one pick for a second. Peter Schrager uh, was interviewed uh, by Colin Coward not too long ago. Yeah. Um, he was talking about the economics of drafting a quarterback number one. Um, so he was actually saying, not necessarily saying that they should draft quarterback number one, but that they uh, he can see why they would, I guess. Um, basically what he was saying is the number one overall for a QB would be $22 million for four years. So he'd be paying them $6 million a year for four years. That compared to any other quarterback out there, um, is is a great deal. Yeah. Um, look at Russell Wilson for the longest time was making just pocket change compared to what he should have been making because of how good he was. Andrew Luck, uh, Cam Newton, um, you name it. Yeah, you know, all these quarterbacks that are coming in on rookie contracts just making pennies. To... Should have made a lot more, yeah. but because of the way the contracts are constructed – um, and and I, I suppose for a good reason, because you don't really know, you don't want to get stuck paying somebody that could be a bust so much money that, you can't, that you're going to bankrupt your team, um, and, and I can appreciate that. Paul DePodesta, Moneyball. Mr. Moneyball. I can see how he would like the thought of a $6 million a year quarterback. I could see how that would be a little uh, tempting to him. Uh, yeah, and what I think is that is why people are scared for him. <laughs> you know, they, uh, they, see, they see what he did in baseball, and it made a whole lot of sense in baseball. Um, they see what he's doing in football, and he's not, he hasn't made horrible choices. No. Um, he ha- he's, he's made a couple of questionable ones um, strictly on economics because um, that's what he does. So a lot of people are worried about the fact that he won't be able to look past the economic value of a quarterback first uh, number one overall. But honestly, when you when it boils down to it, everyone knows Miles Garrett is the guy. Miles he, Garrett's too he good. He should be the number one pick. He's too good of a player, and I know you have some stats on this that you want to throw at us. I do. Uh, Miles Garrett has to be the choice. Um, he just he does. 
Miles Garrett, uh, I compared him to a couple guys you may have heard of. Um, ironically, played for the same team, both really good. Um, J.J. Watt has been considered, um, you know, the best defensive end uh, in in our time. Absolutely. Um, he's got some back problems, but um, uh, they were calling him. I think it was uh, I think it was Wade that said he was uh, a first bat Hall of Famer in his rookie season. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, dude's good. Um, and then Clowney, who. Some people have been down on, but you can't say he's having a bad career so no. far. Um, he had a great college career. All three had great college careers. Absolutely. Uh, they're all played for three years because they were good enough to leave. Miles Garrett had 141 tackles. 81 of those were solo. Um, J.J. Watt had a 106. Uh, 74 of those were solo. So Miles um, has him on that. Clowney had 129, 85 solo. Um, so pr- uh, pretty comparable, pretty across close across the board. Pretty close. Um, Miles Garrett, forty-seven tackles for loss. Uh, JG Watt had thirty-six, and Clowney also had forty-seven. Again, pretty well across the board, uh, and again better than JJ. Uh, sacks. Now this one's gonna blow your mind a little. You ready for this? I'm I'm ready for it. Miles Garrett got? had thirty-one sacks. That's a, that's a really good that's three years. That's solid, more than ten, more than ten sacks a year. Solid number. Really good three years. Clowney had 24, uh, and that's kind of what he was known for. Yeah. Uh, J.J. Watt, do you, you have any idea? Uh, not a clue. What do we got? 11.5 sacks. Wow. In three years. Wow. Uh, Miles Garrett was only one sack less than that a year Yeah. Uh, for his career. J.J. Watt is considered one of the, if not the best, defensive player in the game when he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, Miles Garrett has just as many interceptions, seven more forced fumbles. Uh, he's got 20 more sacks, uh, pretty comparable tackles. What, uh, what else do I say? What, what, what are we talking about here? I mean, the Browns have to draft Miles Garrett. They have to. Uh, if they don't draft Miles Garrett, there um, there will be a problem. Um, I'm afraid that uh, the... Other GMs may try to vote them out of the league at this point uh, because <laughs> right. that it would be the dumbest decision they've ever made. Um, and they've and made plenty of bad ones. They've made some bad ones. I can't imagine that uh, that uh, Paul De Podesta is going to. He can't screw that up. He, he, he just can't. can't. Speaking of the bad decisions, um, oh, what, what, do we, what do we have going on with that? So, um, I know they've made some rough ones. There, there's also been uh, some rumblings in the draft that okay, well. Maybe the Browns will trade down from the one spot or potentially even trade up from the 12 spot. Right. Well, unfortunately for the Browns, uh, they've they've had some tough, tough times with trading down and trading up in the draft in the past uh, few years. Haven't made the best. Haven't made the best decisions. So uh, you're looking since 2004, the Browns have dealt top 10 picks six times. Four times to go down, and two times to go up. They've been in that top ten pick every year, but yes. uh, but only six of them have been traded. Six of them have been traded. So uh, most people would agree uh, that trading down makes a little more sense than trading up. Depending on the situation, you get a little bit more, maybe accrue some more draft picks, accrue a, a better player, a veteran player, Makes a little more sense in a lot of ways. Let's let's just put it in perspective real quick. Um, 
Belichick trades down in pretty much every draft that he's ever had. Yeah. Um, Belichick is probably the smartest person in the NFL. Look at every draft he's ever had. Um, the fact that he could take Tom Brady, who was just a tub of lard, basically. <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong, Tom Brady is amazing. Um, but uh, Belichick was able to construct a team around him to where he could thrive. Brady took care of the rest of it. But Belichick was able to do that for him. I don't remember the last time he's traded up. Um, so with that being said, um, the Browns have. The Browns have traded up uh, numerous times uh, since 2004. And pretty much every time they've traded up, it has ended very poorly for them. Ouch. So you've got 4 They traded up from pick 7 to pick 6 for Kellen Winslow. Not a terrible tight end, but just not great. And keep in mind that year, um, they probably would have been able to take Winslow at seven. Yeah. They didn't trust it, so they went up one spot. Keep going. We've got 07. The Browns traded two picks to get back into the first round for Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Uh, I was not a huge fan of Brady Quinn in college. Um, just because he was the epitome of dink and dunk. Uh, he never really made any throws that mattered. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Browns made that obvious. Moving on, we've got 2012. The Browns traded up from four to three. Again, just another one, you know, one spot move. For Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. Which we all know how that ended up. Averaged 3.7 yards a game uh, for the Browns. Actually, one of the uh, one of the best things the Browns have done was to get rid of him. Um, and the only way they were able to do that is the equally embarrassing Colts. Yes. Uh, took him from them. Yeah. And then uh, 2014, uh, the Browns traded up from 26 to the uh, magical lucky number of 22 for uh, our good buddy Johnny Manziel. <sighs> Johnny Manziel. Um, keep in mind that draft, they avoided drafting uh, one of the better receivers, probably the best receiver in that draft. Um, they also drafted Justin Gilbert. Wasn't a good draft. It was a terrible draft. Wasn't 2014 draft. draft set the Browns back. First thing Manziel did off the get uh, was flipping off uh, some some other some uh, opposing teammates. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. He uh, it was just a train wreck mm-hmm. all around. So as you can see, the Browns don't really have the best track record of trading up. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they try to trade up from 12 because there's talks that they may be trying to trade up from 12 to get to six to get Trubisky uh, from, you know, so the Jets can't get him. So trade with the Jets and get Trubisky there. Right. They, uh, they are considering drafting a quarterback pretty early. Uh, I, I may lean on the side of don't Um, they have how many quarterbacks on on staff already? Four, I think. Yeah, well, um, you've got uh, yeah, you've got Cody Kessler, you've got Hogan, yeah, and you've Osweiler. got Osweiler. So they've got three already. But honestly, none of those guys are great. They're still looking for that 
franchise quarterback, but I it's going to be interesting because none of the guys in this quarterback class really jump out as hey, this guy's a you know franchise guy. He's going to turn our organization around. So now let's talk about uh, Christian McCaffrey. One of the more interesting prospects in this draft, not working out for any teams, and apparently he's got a promise, if you will, in the teens. Uh, that's what I heard, yeah. Uh, the team wasn't um, released on who the team was, I guess. Um, but he, it was said that he was promised in the teens. I don't see a problem with it, to be honest, because he is uh, one of the best all-around players. He probably actually is the best all-around player in the draft. Players like um, uh, White um, and um, Giovanni Bernard, uh, Duke Johnson for the Browns, yeah. um, they have all proven that if you can catch the ball out of the backfield – um, you are, uh, you're, you're useful. Yeah. Um, some people are worried about, um, how, uh, how small he is. Um, they're worried about him getting hurt, uh, playing the running back role. Um, I wouldn't be really that worried about it because if you think about it, um, he can get as many touches as you want him to have without actually having to run the ball that much. You can only run the ball five times. Uh, you could throw it to him four or five times. That's ten touches right there. You put him at uh, punt return, kick return. That's another two to four touches a game. Uh, you're up to fourteen touches, and he's only touched. He's only been handed off to five times. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I wouldn't have a worry with that. Uh, fourteen touches for as athletic and agile as he is, especially coming out of the backfield for passes. You, I feel like he could easily get to a hundred yards uh, a game, and you know. 1,600 yards for a season, um, you know, I'd say that's worth it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, going back to what you were saying with, you know, limiting his touches, part of the reason he hasn't been working out for teams is because he knows that he's a top 15 player, let's Everybody say. Everybody wants him. Everybody wants him. What good does it do to him to work out? It just is a risk for injury, uh, a risk of... Uh, you know, for a number of things to happen. Not even necessarily just injury. I mean, it is a risk for injury, but what if he what if he doesn't show up? What if he uh, has uh, what if he has a workout and he doesn't play well? What if he's having a bad game? He drops a couple balls. He uh, he doesn't lift as much as they want him to. Um, his 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 hamstrings feeling a little rough, so he doesn't run as fast as they want him to. All that's doing is dropping his stat uh, his uh, his stock um, right now. He's promised in the teens. Why would you work out? Yeah. And honestly, you know, I, I give him props for kind of letting the tape do the talking. Because uh, a lot of guys don't do that nowadays. They they kind of want to go out and have these big egos and show all these different coaches and players, you know, other players like, oh, I'm, I'm the best. I, I'm going to raise my stock. But in the end, a lot of these guys end up hurting their stock because they can't get to these numbers that they said they could. Yeah, the longer you sit out, the more people are going to remember uh, or try to remember what you could do and um, and uh, amplify it a little, yeah. whether they good or bad. It can go either way. Right now it's going good for him. Um, if it was going bad, I think he would work out. Um, but currently people are talking him up. He doesn't have to work out. 
Yeah. Um, and he played in Stanford, who is playing really well. That division is pretty rock solid right now. Yeah. So, so it's not like uh, he's coming from a small school who, you know, he was good there, but he might not be good in the pro. Uh, Stanford's playing good ball. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for good things for this guy. Yeah, I completely agree. Speaking of uh, the draft still, um, Reuben Foster. Oh, boy. Linebacker from uh, Alabama. Um, he failed a drug test um, at the Combine. Uh, yeah, for, reports you, just came out. Uh, he failed a drug test uh, for a diluted sample. I wonder what that's going to do to his stock because he was – most people have him as a top five player easy. Yeah, he was good. Um, he was real good. Uh, my only concern about that is – and I will say that most GMs will say that um, – Drugs are an easy one to look past because you can work on that. Um, domestic abuse, which is unfortunately more common now, than it, or at least it's more talked about now. I don't know if it's more common. That's one that's hard to look past. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, just assaults in general are hard to look past. Um, drugs you can work on. With that being said, there's a couple players here recently that have had drug problems that just don't seem to be able to get over it. Yeah, uh, Manziel's one of them. Um, the guy for uh, Dallas, the defensive player, I can't think of his name. Yeah, um, he's he's a he's a bad one too. With that being said, um, he was good. Uh, I would be curious to look more at Alabama's defenses are always good. Let's be honest. Always, um, their front seven is rock solid. When you have a defensive line that good. Um, playing against basically boys um, in college, uh, when you're men, it's easy to look really good. When you have a, a defensive line in front of you that can stop anything, it's easy for you to go unblocked. I would be curious on seeing if it's really worth taking him. I mean, he's going to get drafted. But is it worth taking him early enough, paying him that much money, and having a drug problem? Yeah, and that's the thing. It'll it'll be interesting to see if there is, uh, you know, a draft day fall. There's always a couple guys that people are really surprised by. Oh, why is this guy? You know, you always see the the sad kid in the green room just sitting there waiting to get picked, waiting to get picked, and then they end up walking out because things just didn't pan out. Right. I will say though. Um... Aside from all of uh, all of his things too, it's a little unfortunate that you know a lot of day one of the draft for all of us watching is gonna be about his drug test. Oh yeah, um, you know they're gonna talk about it a lot. They talked about it all last year, so it's a little unfortunate that we're gonna have to hear about that all day um, until he gets drafted and probably a little after. But um, he'll get drafted. He'll, he'll get drafted. Yeah, no no worries there, but that is unfortunate news for him. It is. Uh, a couple of the QBs, um, they're, uh, you know, every year the QBs are who everybody talks about the most because um, in the NFL they are the most important. Well, and especially this year, you've got quite a few teams that are QB needy. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that are looking for a QB. So. And, and a lot of them are pretty high up in the draft. Um, and, uh, again, the reason for that is QBs are a necessity in the NFL. Um, the draft is the first you know way to look at it because everybody that's drafting early needs a QB. Yeah. Um, so uh, I will ask you, how many, how many quarterbacks do you think are going drafted this year? A lot of people are you – know, some people are saying one, two. Some people are saying as many as five, which I think is a stretch. 
Um, what do you think? First round, I think you're going to see three quarterbacks taken in the first round. Um, yeah, like you said, there are some guys that think there's going to be five quarterbacks taken. I can't see that happening. There's others that think there's going to be no quarterbacks taken in the first round, and everyone's going to fall into the second round. I still don't see that happening because you'll get a team that's going to bite on a quarterback. Panic picks. Panic pick. A quarterback starts falling that they like. Someone's going to jump up and get them. So my number is three. Three. Um, yeah, that's pretty realistic. I'd say two or three. Um, I'd say probably three is right. Um, my thing is uh, everybody needs a quarterback. Uh, by saying everybody, everybody in the uh, beginning of the draft. So you have, what, five, six, seven teams that need a quarterback. Right. So theoretically seven could probably be taken in the first round. But it's a really weak quarterback draft. Um, it's just not realistic to believe that all seven of them will take uh, a quarterback right away. Um, the first two will for sure. Um, you know, I, I can't see the Browns passing it up. Um, there's a couple other. Yeah, I, I think the Browns are going to go quarterback at 12. The Jets are going to have to, I feel like. If the Browns don't go quarterback at 12, I could see them. Like I talked earlier, I don't like the thought of it, but I could see them potentially trading up from that round two number one pick and trying to get back up into the 20s and then potentially snag a quarterback. But don't mess around with trading up and trading down. Browns, just take a quarterback at 12, be done with it, and then go best player available, you know, round two, pick one. Um, as far as quarterbacks that will be taken in the first round... Uh, I'm thinking Trubisky is going to get taken, Mahomes is going to get taken, and I could see Watson being taken. Those are my three. I think all the other guys are going to drop out and be second-rounders, third-rounders. Um, those are my three guys. You know, I actually uh, I have a little bit different. Um, I Again, Trubisky and... Uh, Mahomes, I think, probably will be taken uh, the first two. Again, I don't even think they're that good. They're good enough to be taken early, but they will be. Yeah, um, I mean, they're probably, in most drafts, they would be a second-round pick. Right. But because there are QB-needy teams, they're going to get inflated draft stock, and they're going to be first-rounders, right. I think. Where we do differ, though, um, I see. Uh, I actually see Dobbs being drafted before Watson. Really? Uh, I do. Um, Watson, I think, is starting to scare people. Um, he's kind of disappeared. Uh, no one's heard from him uh, since the Combine. Right. Um, he uh, was known for having a, not necessarily a weak arm, but not a huge arm. Uh, he's known for being a winner. Um, but there's also been quarterbacks uh, in past drafts that that's all they were known for, and I think that's all he's known for. He's an all-around athlete, uh, but um, wasn't great. Never called plays. Right. Um, never called plays. Um, so it's hard for uh, quarterbacks uh, to be NFL ready and not call a play in college. Um, so I th I do see him dropping probably second round. Um, you know who knows. And um, a lot of teams, I mean, Dobbs is a smart guy. I mean, what, he's, like, building airplanes or something like that? That was his major. Like, 
aerospace engineering. I mean, the guy's a genius, so obviously I don't think he'll have a problem with he's a good an NFL playbook. And yeah, he's a great dual threat guy. I mean, I think he had like 2,000 yards rushing on top of his 4,000 some odd yards passing. I mean, that's a heck of a season. I will say um, Mahomes, body-wise, is the most ready. Um, dude's got a rocket. Yeah. Um, played baseball for the longest time. His dad played in the MLB. Um, so it's kind of what he's been around. Um, he's got an absolute cannon. Um, I would be a little worried on his uh, system. Everybody talks about it. Um, but it is a really simple system. Um, after watching some tape... Um, you know his his arm is phenomenal. Um, people are comparing him to uh, Brett Favre, which is probably it's a stretch. A little bit of a stretch. I it, I'd be careful to throw out the Favre comparisons, but he's a similar type of player. He takes a lot of ri- a lot of risks, and you know just kind of throws it up there. It's almost like playing backyard football. And it just, works. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can make this throw. I'm gonna throw it up there. I'm gonna go for the win. Right. And if a team thinks that they can, kind of bottle that up a little bit, and get out that arm talent in a NFL, you know, kind of way where it's gonna be successful in the NFL. Yeah, I could see a team being very intrigued uh, with Mahomes. Honestly, I could see, uh, I could even see Mahomes being the first quarterback taken off the board because of his upside. I could see it too. Um, the Browns have been seriously considering Trubisky, um, which uh, you and I have talked about. I'm not a huge fan of the Trubisky pick. Um, the, thir- he, the 13 games starting scares me a lot. Yeah, it's not a good one. Um, he... Uh, he um, Around the 13th, he, he couldn't get a starting job until his senior year. Um, that's that's hard to justify. Um, some people have been comparing him to uh, Philip Rivers. It's a pretty good comparison. That's uh, it's uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, I would want to be compared to Philip Rivers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, might not be the best comparison for him though. Um, I looked up some of these stats. Um, Trubisky in three seasons, um, thirteen games. You know, three yeah, right. seasons sounds a bit of a, a bit much. Yeah, three seasons, but he only started thirteen. Yeah. Games. So in three seasons, he had three hundred and eighty-six completions, uh, four thousand seven hundred and sixty-two yards, um, eight point three yards per attempt, forty-one touchdowns, ten ten interceptions. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good yeah. year. Sounds solid. Um, but no, that's for three. That's three years combined. Thirteen seasons. Philip Rivers, this last season, who was in the pros, which uh, Trubisky was in college, uh, you know, will be in the pros. Uh, right. Where, like we talked about, um, everything speeds up, the uh, the windows shrink. Um, Rivers, as we all know, had a pretty rough 15-16 season. Yeah, li- little little down year. Yeah, uh, a lot of people um, were talking kind of uh, kind of bad about. Um, uh, his whole game, uh, you know, he, he had a really compared to what he's used to, had a re- really rough season. Um, Philip Rivers had f- 349 completions, barely 40 fewer. Right. Um, actually, less than 40 fewer. Uh, 4,386 yards, uh, 400 yards fewer 
than Trubisky's three seasons. Uh, 7.6 yards per attempt. That's where it was a lot worse than he's been in the past. Yeah. Uh, 33 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. Again, that was rough. Yeah. Um, the interceptions, with, definitely a little staggering there for Rivers. Right. Um, my thing is, um, comparing those two, I just compared to you uh, Trubisky's three seasons versus Phillip Rivers, one of his worst seasons in the NFL. Um, and Phillip Rivers, I would still take him. Yeah. Uh, because he had uh, far more than 59% completions. He had 63%, which doesn't sound like a lot. When you throw 349 completions, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, far fewer, far fewer passes. Um, the yards was right there with him. The 21 interceptions is kind of rough, but like I said, with 59% completion rating in college, those windows are going to shrink those 10 interceptions are going to skyrocket if you play the same way. Um, you're not going to have 41 touchdowns, let's be honest. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of the Trubisky pick. Um, you know, they know more than I do. Um, so, you know, they should, at least. <laughs> right. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I feel like the uh, the Phillip Rivers comparison is a little much. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have an idea. Uh, can we do this? Uh, let's go for it. Of course we can. This is our show. Let's go for it. Uh, let's play a game. Uh, I want you to throw a couple guys at me. Um, and I'm going to give you their, uh, their potential high side uh, and their potential low side uh, of current players um, in the league. Sounds like a plan to me. Let's start off with uh, the big dog, Mr. Number One pick, hopefully... Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. So, uh, like we uh, discussed previously, um, he could be J.J. Watt. Uh, He actually had a better career in college than J.J. did. Um, Keep in mind, J.J. played in uh, in the Big Ten when the Big Ten was rough. Yeah. Um, So, uh, I could definitely see Miles Garrett being J.J. um, if he works for it, because J.J. is uh, a workaholic, um, and that's that's actually why they say his back is so bad, um, because he's always lifting up. J.J. Watt is his ceiling, um, which is a good ceiling. It's a great um, ceiling. Where's the floor? The floor, I could see being Chris Long. Okay. Uh, Chris Long's still a good uh, defensive end. Yeah. Um, he played uh, great for the Rams, um, never won anything um, with the Rams because they were uh, the Rams. He had a really good season with New England. Um, I don't know if he'll come back. I don't know any of that. But um, I could see Miles Garrett, at the worst, being a Chris Long. Which isn't terrible, let's be honest. It's not bad. Next guy, let's go with Leonard Fournette, who is just an absolute beast of a running back. Leonard Fournette's a beast. Um, I could see him uh, pretty easily, um, the way he played. I could see him being an Eddie Lacy. Um, You know, a little overweight um, for uh, to to be too fast, but just a powerhouse, um, faster than he looks. Um, can catch out of the backfield, um, but you know, on third down when you have two yards to go, he's getting it. On the low end, I could I could definitely see him being a Trent Richardson. Um, you know, Trent, like we talked about before, three point what I say, three point five, three point seven yards uh, for a season, um, passed around through the league, um, just too slow to hit the holes, um, couldn't catch. Um, you know, I could definitely see him on a low end just not working out. Yeah. Um, but I could see him being an Eddie Lacy. 
Let's go quarterbacks, and let's go with your guy who you thought uh, could potentially kind of shake things up in the draft, uh, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, yeah, he uh, he's definitely a runner, um, but uh, but a smart guy, like we talked about. I could see him being a Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson um, ran for the first couple years, um, was able to make things happen, um, didn't really rely on his arm that much, was smart enough to be able to become a pocket passer and run when he needs to, but not be a runner. Um, a really smart guy. Um, clearly, it's worked out for him. Yeah. Um, so, um, I could see Josh Dobbs being a Russell Wilson if he works at it. He keeps uh, keeps playing smart. Um, the low end, I could see that floor being rough, though. I could see him being a Josh Freeman. Uh, yeah, a Josh Freeman who did get passed around again. Um, he relied a lot on the run. Arm was a little rough. Um, just didn't make good decisions. It, it happened. It came to him too fast. He said, um, and just didn't work out. Let's go wide receiver and let's go with uh, Mike Williams, who Mike is Williams, an interesting prospect. Supposed to be one of the you know first receivers potentially taken off the board. I like Mike Williams. He's a big dude. Um, he's a go getter. Um, I could see him being like a Brandon Jennings. Um, who, when he was on uh, the Packers, he was good. Um, Brandon Jennings, um, really smart guy, muscular dude. He was able to go up and get the ball when he needed. On the low end, um, and it's not it's not real really that low. I can see I I do like Mike Williams coming out. Um, Darius Hayward Bay. Okay, um, not terrible, but not a great great receiver right he uh he he was supposed to be better than he is yeah um and again the reason i was a little iffy on putting him down is because uh like we talked about before Derek carr is making him better um because Derek carr is a beast um but um i could see that being like a mike williams low end for sure let's go uh with a guy we talked about a little bit earlier uh christian mccaffrey what do you see as his ceiling and floor? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, he's great out of the backfield, um, catching the ball. Um, he can run when he needs to. Um, great punt returner, great kick returner. I can see him being like Matt Forte. Um, before Matt Forte's knees started giving out, um, he was a dog. Yeah. He caught a ton of passes out of the backfield, probably the best in the league. Um, would take back a, a kick return or a punt return when he needed to. Um, and he and he can still run it. Um, I could definitely see McCaffrey being a Matt Forte if he tries it out. Um, low end, Danny Woodhead, um, who isn't terrible, um, but he's forgettable, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of forget he's on the teams that he is um, until he has a game that he'll put up a 200 spot because he... He's a shifty, a, yeah. shifty guy, ends up getting in the end zone a couple times. Caught a couple balls, uh, took a kick return to the house, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you don't see it coming, um, and it happens once in a blue moon, but it will happen. Um, I can see McCaffrey being that. Let's go uh, back to quarterbacks. Let's go uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell, not Mitch. Be careful. No, no, no. You can't call him Mitch. It's Mitchell. Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I can see him uh, on the high end, and and again, I'm not I'm not real high on him. Um, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the completion rating. I could see him being like a Blake Bortles. Um, where he's a big dude, a heady dude, um, he uh, he can make the throws. Isn't necessarily gonna win it for you, um, but he can but he can make the throws. Uh, the low end, uh, I can see a Scott Tolzien. 
Uh, if you remember Scott Tolzien uh, coming out of the I draft, I do remember Scott Tolzien coming out he, of the draft. Uh, he was supposed to be uh, he was supposed to be the next black uh, the black horse or the next black sheep, if you will. Um, he was supposed to be somebody with an uh, with a good arm, uh, a, a great mind for the game, mm-hmm. um, and just it hasn't worked. It just hasn't no. worked um, not once. Um, so I, I could see him being that for sure. Let's go. Uh, let's go tight end. Let's go OJ Howard. OJ Howard. I like him a lot. Um, he uh, a great pass blocker. Um, I, he has good, good technique um, with his feet. Um, I can see him being in Tony Gonzalez, where he um, he is used heavily on the passing game as well as the running game. Um, he's in often. Um, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, you know, he's he's a future Hall of Famer. He. Uh, Caught you know a ton of passes. Was always in the end zone. It seemed like um, in the red zone, it was going to him. You knew it. He still caught it. Um, he could make every blo- every uh, every block he needed to. And again, OJ Howard, I do like him a lot. So the low end's not real low. Jesse James from Pittsburgh, not a great uh, blocker, um, just because he's a little a un- uh, little under um, underweight, but still good enough to get by. Um, real good hands. Um, not huge in the in the uh, the red zone, um, but he's getting there, I think. Um, and I think O.J. Howard could definitely be one of those two. I'm leaning a little more towards the Tony Gonzalez, but he may, he may be Jesse James. Let's go back to quarterbacks. Let's go Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, that's a fun one. Um, I could see him. Um, I could see him being a Derek Carr, like we talked about before. Derek Carr is a really smart guy, great arm. Derek Carr's got a, a surprisingly good arm. You don't really know about it until you see it. Um, uh, whereas Mahomes, you, you, you know about it already, but he has completely carried, uh, those Raiders. Um, and I could, I could see Mahomes if he, if he, uh, if he learns some systems, I could see him being good. Derek Carr, you didn't really expect to be as good as he is. Um, so I kind of feel the same way, same way about Mahomes. On the low end, uh, this one's rough. He could be, he, I could see him being Brandon Whedon. That's a rough one. Yeah, um, Brandon Whedon, um, huge arm, um, little bit older guy coming out, um, really smart guy, um, just could never get it going. Uh, not for the Browns, not for the Cowboys. He just, he just couldn't get it. Couldn't going. get it. Let's go back to running back uh, to finish it out. We'll go Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, uh, he is. Uh, He's a runner, uh, for sure. Uh, he's a fast guy. He's a big guy. I can see him being like a Devontae Freeman uh, from Atlanta. I could see him um, definitely taking some balls out of the backfield. I could see him. Uh, he he did have he does have good hands. With that being said, his first step is wicked, um, and that's kind of what Devontae Freeman's known for. Um, so I could see him getting in the end zone uh, often. The low end, uh, it's not a terribly low end, but uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, much better in college than he was in the pros. Uh, the Saints used him well. Um, he was able to uh, he was able to score relatively often, um, but never what was expected of him. Um, you know, if uh, if Dalvin Cooks works really hard, I can see him being a Freeman. But I, I'm leaning a little towards the Ingram. So honestly, there's a lot of interesting guys coming out of this draft. A lot of guys that could potentially be. Tony Gonzalez type of player. I mean, you're, you've threw some pretty big names out there that some of these guys kind of have that ceiling, and I, I definitely agree with you. There are some really good prospects 
coming out in this draft? Yeah, I think because the uh, because the uh, draft is so quarterback oriented at this point. You know, I could definitely see there being an issue. Um, some people think it, it's a weak draft in general because because it is a weak quarterback draft. Um, but there's some good names out there. Uh, there's definitely some guys to pay attention to. Miles um, Garrett's going to be somebody for sure. Well, and yeah, it may be a slightly uh, weak quarterback draft, but you look at the defensive side of the ball, and maybe we can catch on that next week. But the defensive side of the ball is phenomenal this draft. You've got some really fantastic cornerbacks. People are saying this is a great cornerback draft. Some big safeties. Some big safeties. You're talking potentially two safeties going top five. That's crazy to me. You right. don't see that often. So right. there's a lot of talent out there on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. It'll be interesting to see where teams kind of go with this draft. Right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. Uh, next week we're gonna dive in even more. Um, uh, man, I can't wait for the draft. It's gonna be fun, and we'll have a lot more next week talking draft, talking NBA playoffs, throwing in maybe some MLB in there, uh, and other awesome things that are going on in the sports world. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was fun. Dude. We really appreciate it. A lot of fun. If you liked what you heard, please hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Our thoughts exactly. I'm Brandon. That's Cody. It was fun talking with you. All right, guys. See ya.